Podcast. That's right, we're at episode 51 of the Weird Podcast. Let me just put the automatic level control on my mic there, because you don't want me to be screaming down your earlobes on a Monday morning on your way to work, half asleep. Just got that little bit of mm, chocolatey milk Cocoa Pops residue just on the side of your lips where that normal white foam happens, because hey, you talk too much. You're just nodding off in the train on your way to work, and all of a sudden you hear, oh, Good morning, it's Dave Elliott. Ugh. You don't need that. You need to be subtle, you need automatic level control, and you need to make sure my tones are soft, they're dulcet, they're smooth in your ear, they're like Barry White, baby. Oh yeah, let the music play, I just wanna dance, I don't know why I turned it off, I just wanna dance the night away, yeah, definitely went in there too deep. Tried to go for that Barry White. Oh, yeah. And then I turned into Elvis. And then Michael Jackson. All the greats. You know, if ever you're looking for a variation of music that covers all tastes, go straight from the Barry White. Oh, yeah. The Elvis. The Michael Jackson. Shamona. <laughs> yeah, Michael Jackson makes a lot of weird noises, doesn't he? He's a strange guy. I always say, one of my like life mottos is like, see if you're born one color and somehow through just natural aging you turn into a fully different color. Your like entire facial structure morphs without cosmetic surgery and your hair goes from being fully curly into being straight. You're a strange person. And hey, if you know any other cats out there like MJ that can just, you know, use that chameleon life to change color, you can just go from being an FBD, which is full black dude, into being an overly white. Like, Michael Jackson isn't like white as in a race, he's white as in a sheet of paper. Like, he is white like a ghost, he is white like an iceberg, <laughs> he is whiter than the people that run countries' hair. You know, he is whiter than... He's whiter than my teeth after I go to the dentist. Because, hey, the dentist doesn't even clean my teeth. He just puts fillings in. So, if anything, that's obvious. You know, it's that's how white he is. He's whiter than a Tottenham Hotspur home shirt. That's He's a white guy. Like, Michael Jackson looks like... He's, tra- he's so white, he's translucent. Like, you can literally see his veins and arteries under his skin just pumping. <laughs> That's the way his, his heart beats. Every time his heart beats, it goes... And that last bit of his heartbeat was what it actually did whenever uh, Dr. Conrad Murray just popped him full of too many opioids and he just popped his clothes. Dead. It's Michael Jackson on life support. Dark, um, big fan of MJ, but yeah, let's bear in mind he is dead after all that chat about him being white. He's probably not white anymore. He's probably like a grey, um, sort of, I'd imagine there would be a mauve hue to him now. Um, probably there's a touch of, of, you know, like like a light straw brown to him as well. I imagine that would be the colour of him, but, you know, it's, it's starting to get into the, starting to get into the dark, uh Stages of things here, like I don't want to be, you know, open in the podcast talking about the color of corpses, which to be fair does sound like a death metal band. This week live we have on the show the color of corpses. That's that's the the, the go to heavy like death metal voice. The color of corpses. Yeah, you can see the color of corpses in the front of Kerrang. Just these four dudes that you look at and you go, yeah, probably when the colour of corpses started out, um, they look cool dressed like that. You know, whenever they're wearing like the black t-shirts, their shorts, they've got the long wet hair, the long beards, tattoos all over their arms and stuff, sweatbands. You know, but hey, whenever the colour of corpse, corpses have been uh, rocking out for like 20 years, now the colour of corpses are like their mid-40s, they're married, they've got kids. That look ain't so sweet anymore, ain't that hip, it ain't so, you know, on top of things. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's so weird the way rock bands, like, still, a lot of them dress the same as they would have in their heyday without, like, taking on board the fact, hey, we're old guys now. Do you know what I mean? Like, you take Kiss, for example. Like, I'm a big Kiss fan. 
enjoy the boys thoroughly. But there comes a point when you must go, you know, do we need like the hike our old 70 year old scrotes into a pair of skin tight leather trousers? I don't know. Like they must have to get them in. They must have to like haul up their scrotes like as if they're pulling in an anchor on a boat. You know, just trying to pull that up, get that moving on up and in there. And then they get in those big stage boots. Do you know what I mean? The big platform heels. We're talking nine inches. Do you know what I mean? That's not just the legs or scrotes. That's the heels that those boys are wearing. If they turn their ankles, boom, osteoporosis there and I'm dead. If kids fall off their platform shoes and they hit the dirt, man, they're probably going to dislocate their hips. They need a hip replacement. And hey, they're that old. You can't get a hip replacement. So what they'll do is just heal up, all injured, all sore. And eventually God will be like, hey, man, it's time for you to go. You know, you're going to rock and roll all night forever in heaven because you're, you're done, Gene. Do you know what I mean? You're done. Another one's Alice Cooper. He was cool back in the day, but Alice Cooper is real life compared to stage. Like he's an old dude that likes to play golf. He's out every day on the golf course in his sweet wee chino shorts with a nice pastel coloured pink shirt, a visor, the hair tied up in a very neat ponytail, like Miguel Angel Jimenez. You know, he's smoking that cigar. He's all about that relaxed life. Then you throw him on stage, leather jacket, throwing the desert horns. The desert horns? The devil horns. You can call them desert horns too, because hey, guess what? Hell's dry. You know what I mean? But he's throwing those devil horns up. He's got the makeup on. Um, His eyeliner's down around his cheek somewhere, because his chin and his eyes are so sagging right down. That it's it's not a good look like you know what I'm saying is just get old when you get an older guy, go for that old man style you know lose the leather trousers and get a nice pair of slacks you know get rid of the the leather vest or the low cut vest you know get get yourself a nice sky blue short sleeved shirt you know that's old men wear you know they've got the slacks the sky blue short sleeved shirt they've obviously got a pair of like special shoes off like. Um, some website that they have to get their son to order except instead of going online on a website to fill out a wee form and post it off to get these wee shoes on because they're like normal shoes but they ain't got laces to slip on and they've got a little fitting in them that makes it comfortable for your wee old brittle feet you know you get those on board and then just have the, the standard old man look of maybe the long back and sides you know which is the reverse of the short back and sides where the hair is long on the top of your head but short at the back and sides the long back and sides is hey we ain't got no hair on top you just balds a coat up there but at the back and sides you've got that little that little wrap around you know you've got that little visor on the back of your head just keeping the back of your head all toasty and warm like an old man it's grey it's looking good and hey you got to offset that with a moustache you know you just pop that moustache on and then what I want you to do is get on stage and do your performance. You know what I mean? Like, I love to see Alice Cooper on there with that style. Just, your mouth, your lips, they're venomous poison. Yeah. And then he's just taking a break to pop a few pills to make sure his heartbeat's regular. You know, make sure that his blood flow is on that normal tip and he ain't popping off like the good old days when Alice Cooper... Hey, I don't know Alice personally, but what I'm going to say is I would imagine that Alice Cooper may or may not, for in case I get sued, may or may not have taken some sort of drugs. You know, I'm thinking maybe he did and now he takes a different type of drug. That's what I'm saying. All that aside, I am going to see Judas Priest and Ozzy Osbourne in January, and there's no doubt about it. Like Ozzy Osbourne still has that long hair. I'm going to say he dyes it. I'm going to say it's not naturally pitch black, but Ozzy does now wear different attires he would have worn back in his day. He wears effectively a velour tracksuit all in one. You know, he's like an old dude wearing that. He does wear the, the sweet glasses, and he's got that long dyed hair. All I'm saying is Ozzy, long back and sides. You know, if you want to keep some of that rock grow it out a bit and have that Hulk Hogan style you know what I mean brother hey brother the Hulkamaniacs are doing it for you dude get those that hair the slickest most straightened hair Hulk Hogan has clipped around at the ends get that Aussie if you want but hey you know just take the length back a bit because you know what's going to happen if you die and you're a rock star and you die with long hair and you go in the grave you don't get cremated you just get put in a coffin you get put in a grave grave you get put in a in a tomb you get put in a mausoleum wherever your body's laid to rest you know, whenever you eventually rot, say in about 10 years, people dig you up and you've got that long hair, you're going to be staring at the Crypt Keeper. Do you know what I mean? You're going to have that little skeleton body on board with just that long, scraggly hair. <laughs> you know, Tales from the Crypt. Great show. I used to watch that when I was a little boy and I used to find it real good and scary. 
Whereas like now I look back at it and go, hey, it was kind of just decent banter. You know what I mean? It's kind of funny. It, was, it didn't terrify me as much as it did when I was a little kid. And not many things do actually terrify me now as much as it did when I was a wee kid. Because whenever I was a little kid, you know, spoiler alert, I was a pussy. I was a pussy, wimp, guy, right? A lot of that's to do with my parents. You know, my parents used to... They used to use mind control tricks on me to get me to behave. And rather than be like, yo, just for a minute, be dead on. You know, just for a little second, be sound. My parents were, um, they just told me the most scariest things to terrify me. You know what I mean? Like whenever I was a little boy, we always went on holiday to Jersey uh, in the Channel Islands. Not not New York. Not going to motherfucking New Jersey. Not in a... Hey, baby, we ain't, we ain't, we ain't in the Jersey Shore. We ain't in the Jersey Shore on my holidays, mate. I ain't no Guido. I'm just a, a fat Irish dude chilling on the beach in a pair of Speedos. Five years old, living the dream. Like, you know that boy out of the meme that does the dab and just slides along the, <laughs> along the slip and slide? Shimon, that was my physique when I was a kid. Very tanned, to be fair. Because my granny was uh, the woman out of uh, there's something about Mary who just had those, you know, that long leather tit game on the go, then that bleach blonde hair. That was my granny. She used to like find herself a space on the beach, just jump on a rock and just cook solid for eight hours, and then she'd go off to her her, uh, her dinner at the hotel. What is it with old people in hotel dinners? They love it. Do you know what I mean? Like you go on a holiday with an old person. And you suggest, hey, we're going out for some dinner. Are you coming with Grant? She'll be like, no, I'm hitting that hotel dinner up. I'm going to go. I'm going to get myself a five-course meal. I'm going to have my, like, little hors d'oeuvre to start. Then I'm going to have a little uh, bit of melon for my first course. Mm, Get that melon on board. Then for my main course, I'm going to have some kind of, like, cooked dinner. There'll be potatoes there. There'll be some, some meat with some gravy. There'll be some stuffing and vegetables. That's what old people like. And for dessert, I don't know why. It's Christmas pudding with, with custard. Yeah, you're in your holiday. Yeah, it's August. But old people, they like that Christmas cake. That's what they want. They get that. Then they have their cup of tea afterwards and possibly, you know, a little shot, a little glass of that Bristol cream sherry just to wash that all down, just warm the glugs up. So you know what? After the dinner, you're going to be able to head up on the dance floor and enjoy that, like, sweet after-dinner hotel cabaret-style entertainment that you love. You know that guy that's just been singing the crooner hits for 60 years? You know, the Tom Jones of St. Helier? That's what you're going to be listening to. You're going to have this guy. She's a lady. Oh, 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 she's a lady. I'm talking about a little lady. And that guy that sings seduces the old ladies. And hey, you know what? It fucked them all. It from legal... To grave that crooner at the hotel he ain't got no standards. He dips it in all ages, all sizes, whatever. You know, he's like Clark's shoes. You know, it doesn't matter what age you are, he'll fit you. He will get something that you need, and you will leave his hotel room slash store on the sandy row happy with a pair of buckle up leather school shoes. But that's what old people love. They love going there. And being in Jersey, every year on my holidays, I like to mess around. Because you know when you're a kid and you're on holidays, you like to drink. You like to drink some soda pop. You like to drink some cola. You like to drink some Fanta. You like to drink lots of, of soft drinks. And your parents buy it for you on holidays because you only realize this when you get older. But when you're a kid, all your parents want to do on holidays is get drunk. So like they're happy for you to drink what you want. So you come to pub with them. You know, you're lying there, you're eating scampi fries, you're drinking a wee bottle of Fanta Orange. Because, hey, you don't get bottles of Fanta Orange anywhere other than the pub when you're there with your parents. You just lie there, you play on your Game Boy, you eat your scampi fries, drink your Fanta Orange, and your dad just effectively puts away 10 pints and watches all the football on a Saturday. You know, and that's your holidays for you. Like, that's a good day for me. Maybe your mum will come in, take you away for a bit, go for a bit of shopping, um, course you a little bit more by buying you a football shirt while she then goes for lunch with her mates, gets a load of flipping champagnes in her, rosé wines. You go meet your other boy, collect him from the pub, head to the dinner that your granny didn't want to come she wants to get fucked by the crooner in the hotel. And then you just get yourself basically like some sort of Portuguese steak 
and some fried potatoes, not chips, fried potatoes, garlic potatoes, cut into the wee squares, get them into you. Your dad maybe puts away a bottle of wine with his dinner with your mum, because now, hey, they're drinking together. That's nice of them. You're still on the Fanta Orange, but you're getting, like, fish fingers and chippies, because you're only a little boy. Do you know what I mean? And that's what it was. But my parents knew But after that point, they had to put me to bed. Once they bring me home, it's like, you need to go to bed. But hey, I'm amped up in E-numbers. I'm taking all that soda pop in all day. I'm saying I'm maybe putting away... you know, 20 bottles of soda pop through the day at the pub slash shopping. So you need to scare me to go to bed. So what do my parents do to scare me to go to bed? They go, hey, you may go to sleep or the boogeyman's going to get you. And I'm thinking, who the fuck's this punk? Like, why does this boogeyman want to come and get me just because I won't go to sleep? Like, what sort of shit anti-hero is he? Like, you know, if Superman, like, he tries to stop people with evil in the world, he tries to save the world from evil people, and that's what he does, you've got like, um, the Joker, who's just criminally insane, bad guy, trying to like just, you know, he's mental, so he's trying to stop people, I mean, you've Thanos, and uh, from the Avengers, he just wants to, you know, reset the world with the Infinity Stones, and then you've got what, this boogeyman, whose sole mission in life is just to make sure David Elliott, age seven, goes to bed, like, what does he do when he goes back with all the other anti-villains? And they're like, oh, what did you do? I have ensured the world will be ending tomorrow. Hmm, what I, I made sure that all Christians will burn. What did you do? I made sure that David Elliot went to bed by 8 o'clock. Oh, and uh, you're a puss. <laughs> Get out of the evil circle, boogeyman. But that wasn't enough for my parents to just tell me that. I didn't buy into it. I'm like, that's not sweet. So we're out walking, going to the beach again. I'm ready to cook part two. My mum and dad have got a hangover, so they're keen to go to the beach to effectively just lie and sleep. And then they were just walking down, see this little bookstore. And then there's like all these wee books in it. Obviously, it's a bookstore. And then there's this book called The Beast of Jersey, which has on it the most horrific image Worse than anything you could conjure up in your imagination as to what a scary fuck would look like. This dude is wearing a mask, which is so haunting that it made me physically unable to look at it. I was that scared. He had green hair, a rubber face. He had gloves on, like those latex gloves with like... You know those um, wee things that like gay sex dudes wear around their wrists, like with the leather and the the spikes. He had those on and a coat, and he just, he just was terrifying. And he had one of those gay sex chokies on his neck as well. And um, if I'd have known what I know now, back then, wouldn't have been too scared about it. You know, because it would have been I, I would have had ways to defend myself against that guy or ways to talk him off from trying to be the boogeyman or whatever. You know, basically, but look, man, I'll take you to Pipeworks on me. Just don't murder me. That's all I'm saying. Right, that's what I would have dealt. I would have dealt that hand. I would have negotiated something. I would have sorted something out that works in my favor. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, my parents saw this. Saw I looked at it. Saw I was afraid. They were like, "Aye, that's the boogeyman. He's called the Beast of Jersey. He lives in Jersey. You know what he does?" And I went, "What, mommy and daddy?" And they go, "He kills little boys." I was like, "All right." Instantly now, the boogeyman has taken on more detailed character traits. You know, instantly I'm more afraid of him now because hey, his sole purpose isn't just to make sure that I go to bed. His sole purpose isn't just to make sure that hey, by eight o'clock, David Elliott's in bed so his parents can get on to whatever they want to get on with. Do you know what I'm saying? It's now his sole purpose is just to kill kids. Not like just me solely, which, you know, looking back to some extent, I should have got some comfort out of that because, hey, he's not just after me. There are other kids that can be gotten as well. But I didn't, I made me more afraid. And now having an image in my head of what he looked like, this scary, scary dude, I became completely petrified of him. So anytime I was bad or naughty on that trip, mum and dad would be like, here, the beast of Jersey's going to go and get you. And I'd be like, because then I have this image in my head and I got all terrified. Like whenever I went to bed at night, I'd be like looking out my window. And I was one of those windows whereby the curtains weren't like thick curtains. They were like, just like, not sheets, but you know, that sort of uh, like net curtain. So I could sort of see the moon outside and I could see any figures and stuff. And anytime I saw a shadow or anything, I was like, the beast of Jersey is going to come and get me. Like he's going to kill me. He's going to climb in the window and kill me or take me. 
as in out of the not like take me now beast you know he's gonna take like kidnap me and take me back to his wee you know dwelling his wee lair and I absolutely hated him you know hated him anytime I was bad they threatened me with him and I would be so terrified even as I got a bit older I was still terrified of him because hey I was too afraid to actually read the book and read anything about the guy or where he was like so I could have just read the book and out of that I would have got that yeah he was a real dude but he's dead now you know what I mean that dude is dead um, albeit did he murder kids no he was a an horrific childhood molester like and he did wear all that gear he snuck into kids houses at night and molested them so effectively what my parents were saying to me is like look see if you're not a good boy and I went yeah he goes, you're gonna get raped and that's maybe more sinister to me because that's a literal threat like I'm having my parents threaten me with rape if I don't be a good boy. And I mean, no one needs that mental tor- torment at all. You know, they don't. It's terrifying. That guy is terrifying. And for, like, I'm talking about eight years from I was about seven till I was 15. <laughs> I was terrified of that motherfucker. I did not like him. Not one bit. Scared the shit out of me even as I got older. I had a friend, Paul, who's a couple of years older than me, lived out in Jersey. He actually got the book and put it under my pillow one night and said that this guy had sorcery powers and he put that under to threat me. I did not sleep a wink. I was terrified of him. And it's only now I'm older, I've read the book, I'm like, hey, that guy's a jerk guy. But also there's some connection to him as well. Hey, you know, you, this is no tinfoil hat, this is no conspiracy podcast, but all I'm saying there's some connection to the abuse that that guy did and the abuse of Children's Home in Jersey and the abuse of Concora Children's Home in East Belfast and the abuse of children by Jimmy Savile. Here's how it's all going to be connected. Oh shit, it's all going in my head right now. Am I having a mental breakdown or am I just like putting all the pieces together? Jimmy Savile, massive child molester. Beast of Jersey, massive child molester. Lots of child molesting being kept uh, undercover. It's been what's going on in years in Jersey. That kid's home, can't remember the name, but it was there. Look it up in the news. When I was 16 years old, I was back in Jersey on summer holidays. Went there the whole summer, worked, did whatever. Was involved in this thing called the Jersey Battle of the Flowers, which is a massive event. We've got floats, you've this, you do parades, you march, whatever. Every year, celebrity guests. Right, every year is a Mr. Battle. I'm talking big name celebrities. We've had Paul from Neighbours one year being Mr. Battle. We've had Joe McKeldry being Mr. Battle. Hey, we've even had Jason Donovan being Mr. Battle. Like they're A class celebrities, right? In 2002, when the big dog here is involved in it, there's a big celebrity name. We're out there. We're doing a night. Uh, march, we're marching down the night. Like, hey, I'm I'm Northern Irish. Hey, I've got marching in my blood. I'm good at it. So we're doing this. We've made this big float. We're marching down. We've got water pistols. It's all good fun. And then we're getting closer to the celebrity enclosure. They're going. Uh, I said to my mate Paul, my hip Paul, I'm going to soak Mister Battle, my super soaker. He's here. He's in good crack. He'll enjoy it. It'll be good banter. And he's like, no, don't dare. You might get into trouble. I'm like, hey man, I don't give a fuck. I'm going home next week. I ain't going to face the music. So get up, get there, squirt Mister Battle right on his chest with my water pistol. Who's Mister Battle? 2002. Look it up. It's on Wikipedia. My facts stand by each other. <gasps> it's Jimmy Savile. There it is. Connected it all together. I've solve the child abuse ring the beast of jersey was working molesting kids in jersey children's homes everything worked in charity jimmy savile out there did the same jimmy savile mr battle 2002 to be fair took me and squirted with a 16 year old's water pistol far better than you should you know in hindsight and maybe see why but it's all connected and who's the connecting cog me whoa my mind is blown i've just connected everything there but I lose myself. That was basically what my parents threatened with me. And now I've added all these pieces together. I need to go and have a word with them because that's not a cool thing to threaten a kid with. Not at all. And I was scared of that guy for years. The dead face in the mask is the most scary mask you'll see. Go on Google, Google the Beast of Jersey and look that actual mask up. There's one of the pictures in Google Images is of the suit but on a mannequin. So it's this full outfit that he's wearing on a mannequin and it's so creepy like if you saw that guy out your window you would shit yourself you know how he actually got caught he actually got caught because he went speeding through a red light in Jersey which is a tiny wee small place with a real strict speed limit that's how they got him checked his car found all his gear 
and arrested him and put him away. Thank God. Then his wife wrote this book. But check it out. Anyway, I don't know him selling too good. The story is, I got so afraid of him growing up. This was my point that I didn't know, you know, to the point where you get so worried, you just can't actually fathom normal things because you're too afraid. That's how afraid I was of him. Then when I got older, my Aunt Mary used to tell me a story about this escaped convict who went back to where he lived to kill his uh, sister. Later found out it was the entire story of Halloween, she told me. And then when I eventually watched the movie Halloween, I was as equally scared of Michael Myers as I was of the Beast of Jersey. But I, I didn't believe, obviously as I was a bit older, that Michael Myers was directly going to come for me like the Beast of Jersey was. But I didn't like him nonetheless. You know, he terrified me. That blank face has scared me for years. Like so much so that if I was ever going out to the bins at night, you know, yeah, I know Michael Myers lives on the other side of the world from me. Yeah, I know he ain't got no backstory in me. He doesn't want to come after me. Yeah, I know I'm not related to him. But anytime I go to the bins at night, in my head, in the back of it somewhere, it goes, Michael Myers will be out there to get you. And I run to my bin. I throw what I need to throw in it, I slam the lid as fast as I can, and I run back into my house. And I lock the door, because I'm scared of the boogeyman. Because my parents tormented me when I was little, with a terrifying ghost boogeyman-faced rapist guy from Jersey. So this weekend, Halloween was released. The new Halloween movie, 2018 Halloween, the direct follow-on from Halloween of 1978, the John Carpenter original, which is my favourite horror movie. Why? Scared the shit out of me. Does it still scare the shit out of me? A little bit. So I was like getting scared of Michael Myers again, and it was like almost like you need some closure. And I, this weekend when the new Halloween movie came out, I was like, I need to go and see it. I need to go and put closure on this. I need to go and make sure Michael Myers is Teddy Bread. Do you know what I mean? I need to go and not be afraid of him anymore. So whenever I go to put my garbage into the bin out the back, why am I American? My rubbish in the bin out the back, that Michael's not going to be there. Do you know, that's what I need to be sure of. I had to go and see his film. And my fiancé did not want to go and see it with me. My friends didn't want to go and see it with me. No one did. So I was like, I'm going to see it by myself. And then whenever I said that openly and out loud, my fiancé was like, look, I'll go and fucking see it with you. I'd be more embarrassed if someone were to see you in the cinema by yourself and then bring it back to me that you're some sort of weird loner guy that watches horror movies by himself I went plan executed to perfection I got company because hey I'm not going to go and see Halloween by myself I'm too afraid of Michael Myers to actually go and watch a full two hours of him by myself and then go in the dark out of the cinema to my car like a 32 year old guy shouldn't be sprinting to his car with high knees you know what I mean like you shouldn't be going full sprint to your car and you know if people walk in front of me I'm a juggernaut, I'm taking them out, they're being completely wiped out. You know what I mean? That's not... You don't need that, so I needed her to come with me to hold my hand when I left. And guess what? I went to see it and I wasn't scared. Because, like, I hate it when I get excited about movies. Like, I've been excited about this Halloween movie coming out for months since I heard it was coming out. Then I heard Danny McBride... Um, plays Kenny Powers in Eastbound and Down, was involved in writing it, and he's one of my favourite guys. I love his comedy, I love his writing, I loved, I actually loved it when he did serious stuff, like I loved him when he was in, uh, this, it was in the second Prometheus or something to do, it was in The New Aliens, I thought he was really good in it, acting seriously, and I thought, yes, yeah, it's going to be great. But then I went to see his new Halloween, and I thought, oh shit. Like, I know a bit of me is always going to think that because I like the original film. It's going to be hard to top that. But this one was just like... It was shit for a start. I'm now 32, so I think rationally. So they're saying basically that this is 40 years after the original Halloween, which would be true because I was 1978. So what they're saying was in 1978, Michael Myers did his first, like... His first wee... Ate his, ate his first wee turn killing like serial killing people you know he, he took a wee turn he escaped from the mental house and he went back and killed a few people trying to get to his sister as you do but that would have been in 1978 he did his first killing in the movie in 1963 when he was 6 years old so in 1978 that made him 21 years old which means now 40 years older he's 61 you know that means he can get his bus pass you know that means he can get from banger to botanic FOC and hey if he wants to get back to Again, free of charge. You know what I mean? He's a pensioner. 
So instantly that takes away some of the the fear because I'm thinking if this guy's a pensioner, he's not going to have the same sort of muscularity, muscle density, and you know power output as he would have had when he was 21 years old at the peak. Of his, to be fair, his peak physical condition would have been like 30. But hey, he would have been a lot stronger. He would have been like one of those big farm boys back when he was 21. You know, he's a big shock of a man. Whereas now, he's 61. He's a bit older. He would be slower. He'd be less strong. I'm thinking I hit him with one good shot. You know, I'm knocking his dentures out and he ain't getting up again. You know what I mean? So that took away that. Fear element. Then, like, the way the way the, the movie was shot. By the way, if you're going to watch Halloween, this will be spoilers. So just, you know, don't listen anymore but how it all starts is like these two twats instantly you don't like them this guy and a girl are doing this podcast uh, loser about um about like murders and stuff and just the way they were written they were just obnoxious they used like the most cliched language and here we are with the monster michael myers who committed murders 40 years ago I don't know why I sound like William Hague from the Conservative Party, former leader of the Conservative Party, William Hague. Michael Myers committed murders in 19... I don't know why that, but that was their voice. There was over-dramatic talking about this and blah, blah. Then they turned up to this, to the mental institution, got signed in. They were like, went out to see Michael Myers. He just happened to be chained to a block of concrete out a recreational back with all these other guys who were over the top mental like you got people with mental illnesses deranged people psychopaths schizophrenics who you know behave relatively normally it needs to be some sort of stimulus to make them react in this way but these are all like what you would imagine like people presenting people with mental illnesses back in the day they're all like laughing and screaming oh, eyes all crossed and shit and then these this uh, podcast you right Michael do you feel it and then he pulls, pulls up his mask out of the bag and everyone starts barking and shouting like wild animals and Michael Myers just stands there it's like I'm like this is fuck this is lame I'm like oh this is so shit and it's like this isn't the way I wanted this movie to go I don't want this to be a lame movie and then that's was that and then later on in it his like psychiatrist obviously Michael once again is being moved for some reason they're like hey this guy needs to be moved to another mental institution or a insane asylum. I don't know what's the the correct term to use, but they're looking to move him to sorry a psychiatric unit. And hey, the last time he tried to move Mikey Myers in psychiatric unit, he overpowered the bus and killed everyone. So all I'm saying is, what you should try to do: tranquilize him, treat him like he's a big bull, and you try to move the big bull from Balmina to Hockle. You know what I mean? Not a big travel distance, really. But that's what you're trying to bring the big bull. You shoot him, tranquilize him, put him in the back of the truck, bring him over. You're sweet as enough. Nah, they stick him in a big bus with all the other psych patients as well. And then, believe it or not, the 61-year-old Michael Myers somehow escapes. And they eventually get him again, obviously, and his psychiatrist is there. Next plot twist, turns out the psychiatrist is like weirdly fixated with him, trying to work out his thinking and stuff. So he ends up saving him and trying to and killing the, the sheriff uh, who tries to shoot Michael Myers. So the guy's going to shoot Michael Myers, the sheriff's going to kill him, save everyone all the trouble. But um, the psychiatrist just like, no, I need to see how his mind works, which, hey, wouldn't happen. Because no matter what, you'd be like, this guy, yeah, definitely is an interesting subject to study. But we'll kill everyone. You know, if you gotta kill him, you gotta kill him. He's on the loose, kill him. You know, just kill him. And like, see if I'm the psychiatrist, I'm gonna be going. You know, he's escaped, he's got out of the bus here, he's caused a great scene. There's gonna be a lot of paperwork for me to do here. I'd be like, look, Sheriff, you pull that trigger, you take it off my hands. You know what I mean? You're dealing with all the paperwork now, not me. And I'd go, sweet, you know what? I would take it. You know, I'd be fine. But I didn't do it. And then also you go back to flipping Jimmy Lee Curtis's character, Laurie Strode. She's just in the 40 years become like a doomsday prepper in order just to wait on Michael Myers returning. She's a master guns woman. She set up her house to be like something out of Saw. Would you like some bolognese? Allow me to just use my special kitchen island that, that moves and uh, gets out of the way using... Um, 
Oh, interesting. Just got a wee note saying that your Apple ID and phone number are now being used for iMessage and FaceTime on a new iPhone. Um, that shouldn't be happening. Uh, weird, someone's just trying to use my my dates, which is sly. But anyway, yeah, so she's like a doomsday prepper and have made her look, look really insane. She's following their whole family to prep for Michael Myers. Long story short, she kills him. You know, he goes to her house, kills everyone needlessly along the way, and then she kills him in a most over-the-top way. She lures him into uh, the underground basement under the uh, the island, her island in her kitchen, not just like Tracy Island, and then it closes over like a prison and she burns him, and that's the end of Michael Myers. And that was the end of the film, and I thought, you know what? The thing that made Halloween work the best was that it was quite simple it was quite, uh, you know, to the point. It was quite, you know, it was low budget, but it was it focused on things being scary, which is what you want in horror film. But this just got ridiculous, you know, got ridiculous. I thought the mask was shit. It didn't scare me anymore. And now I know Michael Myers is dead. So basically, um, I'm just happy to say that... I'm not scared of Michael Myers anymore. That was probably the longest I've ever spoken to get them a point being that I, hey, I'm just not scared of this dude anymore. You know what I mean? I'm not scared at all. So that's that. What else have I done this week? Um, yeah, before I get into it, Netflix started watching, obviously, Making a Murderer season two. Um, but on that note, Sky, if you're listening, any representatives from Sky, why the fuck is my internet so shit? If I close the door... I can't get internet in another room. Like, I'm in my dining room, which is, like, literally... I could do a standing jump from my dining room into my kitchen to my internet box. But yet, the internet's not getting in here when I'm recording this podcast. So, yeah, be less shit. Is it because the sky shit? Probably. Is it because I've got my walls filled with lead to stop Michael Myers getting in? Possibly. But long story short, get a fucking rap out here and get my internet fixed, man, because it's not acceptable. You know, a guy should not be, you know, getting the wee warnings on his phone saying, hey, you do not have permission to be on this website because you're on your 4G. You know what I mean? When you're in the toilet, doing it. Fix him, Sky. All right? You dicks. Making a Murderer, season two. Um, anyone be watching that? I just watched the first episode and then fell asleep because I'm an old guy for it but um, yeah anyone does know Making a Murder was about this guy who got put in jail for murder um, found out it wasn't him got out after like 18 years and you know then got rearrested for another murder um, but my theory is he probably did it you know what I mean probably just did it um, a lot of people giving hate to one of the the the, the lawyers in it Ken Kratz or DA was he I don't know don't know his exact thing but hey I know his name's Ken Kratz basically saying he's a sly guy mugged off Stephen Avery is he sly yeah probably but hey this series is he looking far sweeter with a beard and new veneers absolutely that makes me on team Ken Kratz good lad um, is Stephen Avery innocent of the murders I don't know but here's a question I want to pitch to you these supporters of Stephen Avery would you like to have him over for dinner no you know, you don't get put in that position unless there's something weird about you. You know, like you don't get framed for murder or else you've done the murder unless you're a weird guy. Either you're a murderer, which is weird, or otherwise you've done a lot of weird things to be framed for murder, you know. So either he's a weird guy or the government are fucked up, you know. But um, I'm not going to be one of these people that's going to, you know, get on the case and be like, free Stephen Avery, you know, don't care about it that much, at the end of the day, it's just a TV show, you know what I mean, I'd much rather have a government here, you know, but hey, that's just, that's me, you know, our government over here does my head in, you know what, DP are losing their minds, believe it or not, about Brexit, we need the line, we can't be separate from Britain, but hey guys, you are separate from Britain, because guess what, gay people can't get married, and women can't have the right to choose what to do with their body, you hypocritical fucks. And then the other side too, oh, we want the Irish Language Act. But what's the point in having an Irish Language Act when the health system's in the gutter, guys? Do you know what I mean? It's not going to be much good when you're trying to implement an Irish Language Act and everyone's ismish you dead, is it? It's going to be shit, you know? Anyway, I'm losing the point. Stephen Avery is a creep, 
all right that's what i'm saying and i'll just say it before i go here i want to leave this quick and I don't want to get into it. I'm just going to throw it out there. I don't like piggy blinders, okay? I don't like it. I gave it a go. I don't like it. I can't warm myself to those guys um, at all. And everyone goes mad about it. By order of the fucking piggy... Fuck those guys. By order of Dave Elliott, suck my balls, piggy blinders. There you go. Um, there you have it. All right. So I feel like I've spoken for ages today. I've got that dry mouth. I know it's five minutes to go. Normally, like a 45-minute podcast. This one's going to be a bit... Um, a little bit longer this week. Because, hey, I may have to cut it at the 45 point. Because guess what? I'm going cake tasting today. Mm, as in just for the wedding cake. Not just literally for banter. I'm going to test just taste cakes. Because what I will do is not like every single flavour that I taste on purpose so I can get to try more flavours. And then when I'm done, I'll just go for chocolate cake at the end of the day because, hey, that's what I like. You know what I mean? That's what I like. Um, And at the minute, I'm a little bit hungover, to be fair. So cake tasting will be good. As As the regular listeners will know, the big dog's not a big drinker. Doesn't like to drink when he doesn't have to. But last night was the old fiance's birthday, so took her out for dinner. Um, went to the Chubby Cherub in Belfast, which doesn't sponsor the podcast, so this is just a free pop. Great restaurant, very tasty, very sexy, nice wee environment, good service, w- would recommend. Um, and guess what? Had a bottle of San Giovese as well. Mm, yes, delicious. Got that in me, got feeling some kind of way. Went to AMPM for a couple of cocktails. Went to that new bar, which was the Washington. Um, wouldn't recommend. Not my cup of tea. Didn't like the Washington. Don't like whatever it is now. It's called like Scraggy Bottle or something. I don't know. Um, but we went there and then got trained home. And then ended up in bed like two old people because we didn't have the baby overnight. So um, did we come home? Did we fuck? Nope. Because we're old. We came home. I drank some water. I had some Maltesers and went to sleep. <laughs> Heavyweight cut that. Boom. Now I'm up this morning. I'm going to do the podcast and go and eat some cake. So it's a fun weekend for me, really. Do you know what I mean? That's a good weekend. And it's getting closer to the wedding now. I'm getting all excited. And uh, I only have one more uh, Pug Uglies left before I'm a married man. So if you're keen to come down and see um, the Pug Uglies comedy night, get down on Thursday. This Thursday, um, we have a really good lineup. You have myself emceeing as per... Um, not murder sacker just as as normally I'm not going to be doing it as a character of former Arsenal and Germany centre back per murder sacker um, I'll be emceeing and I'll be emceeing for someone this week who's I'd imagine he's fairly sad he's a bit upset um, because he recently split up with his uh, long time well short term to be fair in the grand scheme of things girlfriend but very sexy Ariana Grande that's right Peter E. Davidson is on Pug Uglies and headlining that hey guess what you know you don't need yourself to be locked in a box because hey we've got Connor Keyes he's headlining it's going to be a great lineup I'm very much looking forward to that then I'm off on my honeymoon for a week and then following that you've got bloody Mickey Bartlett headlining the next week Rory Woods is stepping into MC and I haven't filled the other spots yet so if you've anyone that wants to open you know don't get them to get in touch with me I'll come for you because hey opening spot paid and as is the headline so if you're looking spots I come for you if you want an open spot get in touch with me and I'll try and fit you in but I'll come, I'll hunt you down if I want your spot you know what I mean I'll be like I'll be like that hunter that hunted the elephants except not sly and won't kill elephants because that's fucked as well Um. But yeah, that's been great. Really enjoyed last week. A bit lower in the numbers last week. I think that was across the board. It was really quiet, but it was a really good club. Those that came out were much were much in the mood for the laughs and enjoyed it. So I'm um, going to be doing some new stuff this week. Looking forward to that. Um, other than that, before I go into listeners' questions, just keep supporting the podcast. Normally I read out any new reviews that I get, but um, I just got some stars this week, which I'm obviously grateful for. Got a couple of five-star reviews, but no comments. So what I'm saying, guys, for the segment of this podcast, when you're rating review, leave a comment and I'll read it out. I'll give you a major sh- a major shout-out, not just like a regular run-of-the-mill shout-out, like an absolute major holler. You know what I mean? I shouldn't use that because I'm a I'm a 32 year old dad. But yeah, I'll give you a major holler if you do that for me. Um, and now just on to uh, my favorite part of the the weird podcast: listeners' questions. Mm-hmm. I don't actually have a jingle for this because uh, 
you know, don't I, I like to leave that nice dead air for people to listen to. That is slap my mouth there, fucking disgusting. Um, two seconds. Mm. Yeah, so I got that. Let me see. Where have I did I even put questions out on Twitter? Yeah, all right, that's sweet. Not one single, um, <laughs> not one single question on Twitter. Embarrassing. Luckily, I got forty-five thousand questions on Instagram, and let me go through them now. First question: Andy O'Connor has said, "You're probably banging in the goals for Stevenage." You're absolutely banging in the goals for Stevenage, like genuinely ripping it up. Baller, hashtag fans fave. Spurs come in for you and offer you a contract. Do you stay put at Stevenage or do you accept the offer from Spurs and destroy all the morals you have as an Arsenal fan? Hashtag Papa Bear Camp. That's actually one of the best hashtags I've ever seen, Andy. I'll be totally honest with you. I go to Spurs, right? This is what I do, and bear with me. I go to Spurs, I get the, the bigger contract, the bigger dome in the Premier League. I start banging the goals in the Premier League. I do well. I run my contract down. I do a Sol Campbell and I go to Arsenal, FOC. Fuck the Spurs. You know, I go in like a wee snake rat mole. I hide there for a little bit and then I just go across. You know, that's what I do. I move to the Gunners, Sol Campbell style. Start banging in the goals for Arsenal become, and to become illegend. Gareth Owens has said, would you rather have to read aloud every word you read or sing everything you say out loud? Probably sing everything you say out loud and then the world around me would become a musical man. You know, if I, if I had to read every single thing out loud, that would be annoying because like, if I was looking at like my bottle of water beside me, I'd be saying natural mineral water composition in milligrams. You know, people would definitely, they'd definitely put me away off the back of that. Um... Peter Harris's question. Hey, Papa Bear, how's your wee willy? Keen for an update. Um, Peter, glad to update you on it. That hey, it's 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 good. It's on the mend, and by on the mend, it's fully, it's better. You know what I mean? I'm back in the game with a fully function. I can pee when I want. Yeah, I, I'm I'm back. I'm back in the game. Chris Barr said, Hey, Dave, hope you're keeping well. Check out the recipe for these cookies. Oh. Um, I want as per Chris Barr with the hookup story has said um, Californian students mix grandparents cremated ashes into homemade cookies oh no police in California are investigating a report that a high school student mixed the cremated ashes of his grandparent into a batch of homemade cookies and shared them with their classmates two students are thought to have been involved in the baking of the sandy textured biscuits which were sampled by at least nine youngsters at the Da Vinci Charter Academy just west of Sacramento Nobody has suffered any ill effects and the cremated human remains are not poisonous. Although Davis Police Lieutenant Paul Doroshov told the Sacramento Bee there could be some emotional issues experienced. What? That you're cannibalizing corpses? No. That actually it literally is. I have the Metal Rock Band Cannibal Corpse. I know um, I referenced them earlier, the colour of corpses, but yeah. One classmate, Andy Knox, told the TV station KCRA, I didn't believe her until she pulled out the urn. Like, like getting all that Paul Bear shit. He's just like, hey, guess what you just had? My granny's ashes. And he's like, no, I didn't. And then he just whips it out. Oh, yes! My Undertaker! <laughs> Who brings an urn to school? What a f- I, Yeah, I realise that. Who brings an urn to school? That's fucked up. Also fucked up that you put the ashes of your grandparents in the cookies. Also a little fucked up. <clears throat> One classmate, Annie Knox, said, I didn't believe her until she pulled out the air and she told me there was a special ingredient in the cookie and, <laughs> hey, I was kind of horrified. Mr. Darshaw added that the motives behind the culinary crime were unknown, but said the suspects were unlikely to be charged and the officers would leave it at the school to handle. He admitted that he was unaware as to whether the bacon human remains in the food could be considered an actual crime, noting that it would probably take some legal debate to figure that out. In a letter sent to parents, head teacher Tyler Millsap said the pair were remorseful and had become a personal family matter. Yeah. And in a further statement, he assured locals that there was no health risk to the wider community. He told the B, we always take allegations of wrongdoing seriously and we conduct thorough investigations and involve police and other entities when appropriate. Does he mean like other entities like spirits and ghosts? That's weird in itself. Um, Yeah, all I'm going to say, Chris, is that I don't think that's a good recipe to add the cookies. Like I like my cookies to be nice and soft and moist. Like hopefully this cake that I'm going to eat is going to be, but 
I don't want them to be sandy, you know, because to me, a sandy cookie is like a diet cookie, like, you know, a protein cookie. It's not the sort of, I don't know why I'm on Schwarzenegger, it's like a protein cookie. I don't want the cookie. You got to eat the cookie, come on. Devour the cookie, it's protein. <sighs> but, yeah, that, that associate, I associate with that, so I want it to be moist. So what I'm saying is if anyone's making me a batch of cookies, don't fuck human remains in it, man. Don't want to be a cannibal um, at all. Uh, Chloe Hodgins has asked me a question saying, if you could choose between having world peace or Bill Gates money, what colour would your Lamborghini be? For sure, 100% you would pick the money. You know what I mean? Because like, at the end of the day, um, my Lamborghini, it would be black because I think it's a slick colour. Um, but... Yeah, that whole question, would you rather world peace? Nobody genuinely, if they were given an offer, you know, if you had a button to press world peace or have that money, not a single person would pick world peace. Because ultimately peace, whoa, I'm about to get deep. Ultimately peace is something that can't be guaranteed forever, guys. You know, peace for now may lead to conflict in the future. So I would take Bill Gates' money, fortify my house even more, make sure that Michael Myers or other entities couldn't get me. And then I would just have the most dope life. And then I could get to leave my job and do comedy full-time, which would just be amazing. And on that note, what a perfect way to end what I feel has been a good podcast. Any feedback you've got for me, let me know. Any segments of the Weird Podcast you like, anything you want to see come back. Not the Champions League Weird, because hey, CBA. But other than that, rate and review the podcast on iTunes. If you don't already, follow me on, on SoundCloud. The listens are going up every week, and that's making me feel amazing. And... Lastly, but not leastly, check out Pug Ugly's Comedy Club. It's on every Thursday. It's five pounds. I'm there most weeks. And I do new stuff most weeks. You know why? Because I feel guilty if I do the same stuff. And now I've got regulars, people coming back, going on dates and shit. And if I do the same stuff every week, I'm a piece of shit. So I'll do new stuff every week. And this time next week, you know, I'll have more exciting stuff to talk about. And then... I'll probably take a break. I'm, from, I'm going to take a break from a weird podcast for a couple of weeks to go on honeymoon because I think, hey, it's antisocial to do my podcast while I'm away. So what I might try and do is a big, long podcast next week. If you're interested in doing like a double-up podcast, maybe I'll do that. I'll do one uh, for part one and put that out and then put out part two, schedule it for whenever I'm away on my honeymoon. What do you think about that? Would that be keen uh, for you guys to... To get, to get that let me know I want to put the call out for questions next week give me questions because I'll need more to, to make it last longer but anyway guys you take yourselves away to fuck um, and, and have a good week and I'll see you later